Welcome to the podcast where we ask the question, how many jalapenos would a jalapeno, 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 jalapeno? Six. This is Don't Say Your Word Warned. I'm Con Williams. Sammy Noodles, and we're about to get into some shit. Submarines are the spaceships of the ocean. New fucking episode, and here we are. Fuck, there's been a lot of bullshit going on this week. And fuck, it's hot. It's too hot for all the bullshit that's going on this week, man. Mad people adding fucking stupid opinions and fucking bullshit into the world, man. I'm fucking... Yeah, so to, I'm sick of this fucking racist shit, dude. I swear to God. So I didn't say much about the race riots that happened over here on Friday. Thursday so, and Friday. So what happened that? I feel like race of, riots is kind of a, like a... It's, the race pro- racial protest. Yeah, because it was kind of like... It was neo-Nazis inciting fucking like... They're like, well, we see some shit going on and let's just use it to attract like attention to our cause and dumb motherfuckers will always flock out when there's uh when there's fucking just they see something like the fucking confederate flag and they're like we need the confederate flag and now if you had any fucking doubts that the confederate flag was just a fucking kkk ass wiping rag then you should have those thoughts should be gone at this point because motherfucker do you see who the people who were turning out for the fucking represent the the confederate flag whole bunch of neo-nazis Whole bunch of the fucking KKK. Trump. Trump. I, uh, oh my I, god. I, I remain by the fact that eggs are great. They allow you to distinguish who the fucking assholes are. It's a good thing to have that flag and let them have that flag. Well, I would guess. Uh, yeah, I guess I would say let them have that flag. It's a symbol of the their own fucking the, hatred. Same as, a, and it's... same as a neo-Nazi. If you want to be a neo-Nazi, then you've got to commit to it and get a sports sticker tattooed to your forehead. Right on your forehead. Because oh no, I don't want no. Well. If that's what you want to go by, and if you don't think that you can integrate in society with a swatch sticker on your forehead, stop pushing that fucking point of view. Or maybe fucking fuck off from society, man. Like, who needs you? No, we no, don't no, fucking no. need if, you. If you want to be a part of society, you need to have a swatch sticker on your head so that everybody can see what it is that you represent. I mean, I would, then, I would take it that step further, though. Like, if you want to be isolationist, if you don't want to have anything to do with the fucking... The people who are part of this society, then you don't deserve to be a part of this society. Society. Like it's part the part of our society is that you deal with people civilly who are other races, other fucking beliefs than you. You don't be like this person, you know, doesn't deserve because once you start saying other people don't deserve a fucking place in society, then you just lose nice. yours. Like all all it takes is just being nice to each other. Just be really nice to each other. If you know, and and if you can't do that, then go do some work on yourself. You were saying something about how it has to do with the, the loss of the individual. The cause of the individual is because society is focused... I feel like the way society's gotten the way it is is because everybody thinks that their idea or their perception is the most important thing in the world. There's no community spirit anymore. Everything's about, well, I'm only going to do that because it's in my interest to gain something. Not out of the fact, oh, well, I want to do that because it's going to help the better part of humankind. Otherwise, we wouldn't have... You know, we wouldn't be facing the dilemma of dying of thirst while simultaneously drowning. Because that's what that's where we're going as a race. We're gonna dive. We're gonna be really thirsty, and we're gonna drown because you can't drink ocean water. Mm-hmm. It's um, crazy to me. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, yeah, like that individualistic sense of like. When everyone is searching for their... Because when you lose the community, everyone's searching for where they belong. And then you have these people who will, like, join up because they don't have... They don't know where they belong. So they like, okay, what am I? I'm kind of white. I'm kind of dumb. And I don't have any friends. Well, as long as I'm white and I'm dumb, these people will be my friend. These fucking <laughs> racist, KKK, Nazi fucking... Yeah, but that's that. just the way that the, the, the beast empowers itself. Like, you can't... Like, I guess it comes down to... I don't know what you what you call it to begin with, but, like, perception, maybe. It comes down to self-perception. If you are told that you're a dumb cunt for the better part of your life, you'll grow up believing that you're a fucking dumb cunt. That's and, true. And it's, it, people do get up and out of that hole and change their lives, but it's very hard for, for anyone to do that. And I, look, I'm going to come to accept the fact that I'm a sociopath and that the better part of my life, I'm going to feel that I'm going to have this underlining 
feeling that maybe I understand something a bit more than most people, but I've got to pull myself back from that. There's always going to be this thing, well, why don't you fucking understand what I'm trying to fucking say? I have, like, I have a point of view. My point of view is trying to help you. Like, maybe that, maybe that's what society is. The heap of freaking other people doing the same fucking thing, but without actually seeing what's there in front of them. It's a lot of, there's a lot of brainwashing going on. There's a lot of that, you know... When you grow up that way and you're indoctrinated, say your fucking parents are racist and they teach you from an early age that all black people are animals or moochers or whatever. And then again, it's like something that if you believe it since, you know, before you have any ability for critical thought, it's the same thing with religion a lot of the times. I mean, people just don't know any better, so they they never feel a need or have any opportunity to... To look have out, any free independent force. Yeah, or to look outside of that or give it any context or perspective because there's a lot of fucking people out there. Like, it's, it's the same thing, I think, where you have racist, asshole, like, white trash, white supremacists in the South or Muslim jihadist extremists in wherever they are because you, when you're taught something is absolute truth, and you should never question it. And if you do, you're a sinner or you're some sort of race traitor or whatever. It never gives you an opportunity because you're so scared of what the the opposite might be. Any alternative becomes like a threat to your belief system. Yeah, anything that challenges your perception of an imaginary friend or takes away from your divine creed or whatever it is, it makes you feel like... It, the problem is that people think that there's something that they've got to protect that they're going to get when they realise that it's already here. What, you, what you're going to get is already here. You're, you're already in the end result you're wasting your time by being a hateful person you're wasting your time by worrying about the fact that someone else is trying to come and get your fucking money like your you know your land or your way of life or just my my advice is to just stop giving a fuck about that shit and just do what you want to fucking do. My thing about like any some any extremist as person as you, as who has it like it doesn't harm anybody physically or mentally or it doesn't hurt anybody. Do what you fucking want to do. Don't worry. Don't worry about what other people are doing or what the. Never mind the fact that you don't fucking understand. I think the better part of fear in the world is because people don't understand. But there's a, like a lot of things like people act like if they get their end result like fucking Muslims or white supremacists or anyone that in the aftermath will become sort of fucking utopia where like everything is great and it's like no everything is still always going to be shitty yeah well the the idea of a utopian society is fantastic it's awesome but the 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 issue with the christian way of it for one i saw this i saw read something today it was like jesus talking to little Timmy. Hey, Timmy, see that guy over there? Yeah, yeah, I see him, Jesus. That's the guy that killed you and your family while you were asleep, but then he repented for his sins, and, and now he's here in the afterlife and in the in the garden with us. Go say hello to him. Like, that's essentially Christianity in a nutshell. Well, yeah, I mean, if we want to get into Christianity, I mean, fucking, you're doomed to an eternity of suffering if you don't fucking pledge your allegiance to the dude who doomed you to an eternity of suffering. Yeah. Fuck you. Come on, suck a dick. Um, I'm just, I'm fucking sick of it. Like, any, these, everyone wants to impose their fucking beliefs on everyone else, and I'm fucking... It's impossible to be funny in this landscape where the world's so volatile. It's not impossible, it's just, I mean, where do you find, there's a lot of humor in the horror, but it's hard to find, man. It's fucking hard to find. You gotta do a lot of digging and a lot of fucking switching your perspective every fucking, in some sort of loop-de-loop to really find a good perspective on it. Because, like, Everyone, you know, you can always be like, oh, fucking, you know, Muslim jihadists or the fucking neo-Nazi idiots or whatever. But it's like, obviously, these people are fucking, they, they have something that's going on with them that causes them to believe what they believe. It's, it's horrifying and it's so many societal fucking things, pressures upon you, whether it's family or religion or whatever, your economic status. Yeah, there's a lot of things that build up to the plethora of fucky, fuckridge, I'm out of word there. Yeah, it's like the, it's, fuckeridge, I like it. Is It's like the capital of Alaska, fuckridge, Alaska. Fuckridge. Whatever, um. I'm gonna fuck you on a ridge. Yeah, exactly. Well, there are plenty of people who wanna fuck you on a ridge. Um. Let's have a break and come back to it because I feel like we're going into a very pessimistic I don't know, view man. of the world.
Dude, I don't know how he didn't even get bit. The shark was just fucking on him. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like, if if it was going to be anybody that was going to fend off a shark attack, of course it's going to be Mick Fanning. Like, what I mean, fucking, I've never heard fucking, of him before, what but... What a fucking beast. Like, oh, he's, he's up there with Kelly Slater and that. I figured he was, if you know the best surfers in the world. It's, it's kind of crazy, though. Like, if, have you seen the footage? Did you see the footage? Oh, yeah, I saw the yeah, footage. Like, he, how quick did he... Once he knew what was going on, he was fucking out of there. Well, it's awesome that they had, like, the dudes on the, the jet skis or whatever that came out and just, uh... Yeah. Save. Well, that's what they normally do. They normally get towed into the waves. Mm-hmm. But they were, like, right well, there. They, they follow the wake on the, back of the, on the back of the jet ski of their boards. They get towed into it. Because it, it was the, it was the J... It was the J clump or something, which is in South Africa... And it's meant to be one of the big, big tidal wave surfing comps. Like one of the biggest... Yeah, that's what I saw. Some of the biggest waves like in the was... water down there. You know who the Blue Man Group are, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I was sitting at Downtown Crossing Station. You know, they've got the TV screens there, the play of all the Boston Globe ads mm-hmm. and that. They had an advert on there for Blue Man Group, and there was like... They were drumming or whatever it is they do, and there was the colours of the rainbow everywhere. And then it finishes and fades to black, and it goes, the blue man group dares you to live in colour. I was mm-hmm. like, um, and all that says to me is that there's obviously some regrets amongst the blue man group. That they all chose blue. <laughs> that they all chose blue. Like It's true, some of them, <laughs> like, 
you'd think they would diversify at this point. Yeah, but it's kind of hard to be the colored man group. Or the yellow... Well, it's hard to be a colored man in general. <laughs> yeah. Or the yellow man group. Yellow or, man. Or the red man... Well, red, the red man's man the man. group. You red, the red man group is uh, Red Man and Method Man. It's called Blackout. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. See, you never see, heard of see, Method Man and Red Man? No, like no, when no, they... I, know the, I know who they are, but I didn't know that was the name of their group. That's I have it on vinyl in the other room. Blackout and Blackout 2, they're fucking great albums, dude. They're classic, classic hip-hop yeah. albums. Fuck yeah. To Rock Wilder and all that shit, man. Oh, dude, those fucking albums. They bang, dude. Those albums are unbelievable. If you... Anyone out there, man, if you haven't heard, fucking... I've heard both of Method Man and Red Man, but yeah. I didn't know... That no, I they're like... It. It's their fucking collaboration together with Is those... it a Def Jam collaboration? Is it all on Def Jam? I or? think so. I mean, the early... The, the Blackout one must, hit, must have been on Def Jam because that was, like, huge, but... Because that's, like, so classic. That, yeah. I mean, that is, like, in, in people's <clears throat> anthem... You know, if you're talking top... 20 hip-hop albums of all time, I would say most people would put it in there. Or I think a lot of people who like hip-hop would put it in there. If you, most yeah. people don't know. I mean, god damn, that's an immaculate album. The beats are so crazy. Say god damn one more time. God damn, <laughs> motherfucker. I mean, come on. It's it's impeccable. Like, Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just hard to get on the level of something... That someone finds so brilliant and awesome when you haven't witnessed it yourself. Of course. I mean, and I'm not like, oh, you should think it's as awesome as I do without hearing it. No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. It's just like your level of enthusiasm exceeds mine at the moment. Well, for me, it's like it's something. It was in my formative years and shit. Like, it's it's like some people watch movies and have a transcendent experience. I wouldn't say maybe it wasn't a transcendent experience, but you... Something speaks to you about that, especially to me, like as a, you know, 17-year-old fucking pothead, like, and just listening to that album, and it's all, you know, the br- the bricks Shaolin, and I'm like, fuck yeah, man, I was just, you transport, like, certain albums can put you in a place, and like, I think one of the things that Red Man does best is fucking brings you to the bricks, man. Yeah. And just like, or like Staten Island, like Method Man and Staten Island, the Wu-Tang, in New York City is just it's so quintessential the sound brings you to a place like Nas on Illmatic it's it's a sound that's um if if you're into that type of thing and if you're kind of in the know on that era will put you in exactly a place like I remember listening to Nas and being like I'm basically like the way he tells a story puts you like it he's one of the best authors I mean yeah. fuck rappers dude this dude's an author yeah and puts you in a place and gives you a feeling for the the mindset of that place, dude. It's incredible. Yeah, well, the, the, the thing about hip-hop is that, like, Australia has its own flavor of hip-hop, so we were, like, Australian hip-hop started out trying to emulate the idea of what American hip-hop was, but then we got our own flavor and we sort of distanced ourselves from it. So I didn't end up listening to, to much of the stuff that... That would that you would have been listening to when when we were both the same age. We would have been listening to opposite ends of the spectrum. But I think it's it's not opposite ends of the spectrum by any means. You you kind of uh, go with what speaks to you more, and so I think what you go with you you end up listening to the things that pique your interest or you can relate to. And if you're the rappers in Australia are talking about. You know how tough it is to survive in Australia and like be either on the streets or just working a job and stuff. And it's it's in your accent, it's in your native tongue, and it's just what your ear chooses. If that's, that's the, if that's the case with music, then what the hell do pe- uh, would it could, would you be able to argue the fact that people who listen to Motley Crue are delusional? Not at all, because that has it comes out of its time and place too, like. That like um, that era of like L.A. '90s or like '80s excess, like Guns N' Roses and fucking Skid Row and all that shit. That totally has its place, and it comes from like it's always been like braggadocio type of fucking mentality. It's that either you can relate to something or you putting yourself in a place where you want to be that person. Yeah. Girls, 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 and yeah, it's fuck like off. you fuck off, Vince. 
Oh, but dude, I mean, like, come on. You don't think that has, like... I fucking... I used no, to no, love that shit no, when it was no, on the radio. Come no, on. I, I can't stand it. I, I, I don't have one ounce of tolerance for it. I love Guns N' Roses. I love Skid Row. I love all that shit, man. I think, uh... I love, like, uh... I love that shit. I love Sebastian Bach and those those assholes, man. It's like fun to listen to. It's just like, I mean, do you like Metallica? Only before Black Album. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So I only like, like, I only, I only like the I only like the first four albums. That Clear, for, uh, that before Cliff, Cliff Burton died. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand I've, that. I've, There's a lot of that. Um, I've listen, I've listened but for to me, it. it's like, I grew up with Master of Puppets. That was my first Metallica album. I grew up with ACDC. Mm, like, I, I love grew, ACDC, I too. With, I grew up with Bon Scott, ACDC, and then danced around Brian Scott, ACDC a bit. And I'm not saying anything about Brian, because he's done it. He did an incredibly crazy job on... on... Carrying ACDC through the next 30 years of stardom. Like, he. Black Album is huge. I'm just going to address the fact that there was a massive gulf between what we were talking about, the fact that we were talking about neo Nazism, and now we're talking about 80s rock bands. But. Trying to not. Like, we just felt like it was going to get too negative. Yeah. Just going to go. But I feel like we should say something because it did change a little bit. It was a drastic uh, change from where we were at. So. We're going, we're going skinhead to hair metal, I guess, is where we went. Yeah. Um, but, god damn, I love that. Like, dude, ACDC, it's undeniable. Like, I think there's a lot to be said about just, like, fucking just powerful guitar riffs and, like, screaming into a microphone and just having have so much feeling have and you heard of, Have you heard of Airborne? Nah. Uh, if anybody who's listening hasn't listened to Airborne, go look them up. They're, like, Australia's current answer to ACDC. They're the next, they're the next in line. That fall, fall to the floor, balls to the wall, rock. Like, it's just, it's, it's perfect. They're, they're from Warnable, so they're country boys, and they rock just as hard as ACDC do. I can show, I'll show you some footage, Sam, later on. But yeah, people go up, go on Spotify, go on Google, whatever, look up Airborne and listen to that shit, and I promise you won't be disappointed. I would. I would put an airborne song on here, but I think it's too prolific and it might cause a bit of issue. Alright. Uh, you know what? I I have to say, as long as we're on this topic of like incredible albums, uh, uh, the Czarface 2 album, Every Hero Needs a Villain, just came out. Uh, Esoteric and Inspector Deck from the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, they're playing Saturday Night at the Middle East downstairs with Ari the Rugged Man, who's also one of my favorite rappers. It's gonna be one That's of the, pretty special. one of the best shows of the year. I would absolutely say. Like, I would probably venture to say already, like best show of the year without sight unseen. Um, the album's fucking impeccable again. Uh, another classic. Esoteric devours every track he's on. Inspector Deck is fucking unbelievable. Crazy. This is just gone over my head. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm just. This is this is like underground hip hop, but like on the kind of verge of mainstream, like. The promotion of this, it kind of goes a little bit above what you normally see for, like, a new album. Like, they were on fucking... Esoteric was on NPR, like, our local NPR station talking about the new album. Yeah. Um, There was... I mean, I'm seeing articles in the Globe, Boston Globe, about it, Boston Herald, I think, too. Um, I mean, I want to big up those guys as much as I can because I fucking can't wait for this show. I've been waiting for this show for for months. Uh, And the album is... That's good. I I haven't... I haven't been to many live music shows for a while. I don't know what happened there. I think I just got sick of waiting in line at stuff because I, you know the things that I the things that I go and see ended up being really really fucking popular. Like can't like I I saw Carnival eight times at, at a stage, and then the last time I saw them, I was like, I reckon I've seen them. I reckon I'll only ever see Carnival each time they release a new album now. But they tend to do it, tend to do a tour every year, sort of thing. Well, like, Whereas, like, it's worth going to. But I know what it is. I used to be so into live music. Like, I would go to open air festivals and go to, like, the Big Day Out and go to Soundwave and go to all those places with just queues and stale beer and so many people. It's like, I, I can enjoy 
the music pretty much the same. Especially with stuff like Coachella now, when Coachella gets streamed. You can do that from the comfort of your own lounge room. Well, we got, we got the opportunity to go to one of the better kind of shows, like underground shows of the year, which was Denstock on the 4th of July. Yeah, but I that, mean, that, that, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't so much... Uh, a live music show that was more like just it was a barbecue like that but it was a party with with bands that are like I mean influential I mean Dave Tree is a local hardcore legend I mean if you talk about Boston hardcore Dave Tree is always in the conversation if you talk about Dave Tree in American hardcore anywhere there's generally someone who knows who knows who Dave is it's true Um, it's funny actually and then topic of weird things to bring up I met a guy yesterday, or today actually, while I was at work, and he said he used to work at Jamba Juice, and fucking Zach Delaroca from fucking Rage Against the Machine used to always come in and get his weird fucking cranberry crush drink or whatever the fuck it's called. It was just a weird thing that I picked up today, because I work in a coffee shop, and I was talking, you know what I mean? So, but getting back on topic, I guess, um, I don't go to festivals, really. I don't. See, well, the last I want to do, do, do the festival circuit here. I want to do it at least once. Like, I like the uh, I, I don't know, Coachella's not Coachella anymore, but I still want to go out in the desert. For me, it's yeah. like I just there's something about like really, really big groups of people on drugs, like in a field, watching like Kanye West do a set that bothers me to it's a certain like, extent. Like, really... I just don't want to be in that crowd of people, I just don't, yeah, and it's. Like, you know, you have Bonnaroo that, or whatever that, that the fuck. Some and like, that like just rubs off on you. But it's not even that. It's like, I've, yeah, and I guess it is it's that. Like it's everyone, like, everyone zapped out on Molly. Exactly. Or, you know, do, like, do, the last thing I want to do, queen. the last thing I want to do on mushrooms is fucking like be in a sea of fucking people like, yeah, bring on Radiohead. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I just can't, I want to be in the woods. Like if I'm on my drugs or whatever the fuck I want to be on. I want to be in the woods, kind of isolated, just chilling with some people that I know, low key about it. Like I'm not, I'm not a guy who like will go to a big hip hop show and like, you know, take what, mushrooms or something like. You know what Vulcan is, don't you? The metal. Oh, Vulcan, yeah, the the German uh, metal I wanna, festival. I want to make an oh, effort man. to go to that within the next. Couple I of would, years. I would love to go to that. My biggest regret, man, is not seeing Dio when he was alive. When he was, he played Vulcan, like almost he every year when he was yeah. alive and. Uh, yeah. It's I never got to see him live, and it's a huge, huge. Well, same here. I never got to see him. I guess it was a missed opportunity. I could say like, I my sister got to see him. I think my sister and her husband went to see him when they when they toured with Heaven and Hell, um, yeah. Dio and Tony Iommi and stuff. Like, I God, I just really miss yeah, my that... opportunity. Same thing with seeing Carlin while he was alive. I had like one chance to see Carlin, and I didn't. I, like, I have, I was I have a age. friend back home who um. You had the opportunity to see Nirvana, and it was like ninety. It was like ninety three, the end of ninety three, and he was like, "Nah, they'll be back next year for the next big day out." And then, you know, four months later, Kurt's dead. Kurt's he's dead. Like, yeah. Fuck! I had that fucking opportunity. Fuck! 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 You know, it's funny. Speaking of that, uh, Foo Fighters just played uh, Fenway Park the other night. Yeah, and the Boston's played TTs. Yeah, I mean. I like the boss tones, but fucking... Again, th- this is my thing about giant crowds of people, is that, like, I saw all the like, people on Facebook who were like, we're gonna go see the Foo Fighters, or like, the Foo Fighters are going on. I could hear it. I was walking my dog, and I could hear the show going on. Yeah. I, I heard, there goes my hero, like, sung by, like, 40,000 people or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I like, I love Dave Grohl. I think he's, like, an awesome stand-up human being. Trey was telling me about... How he used, when they first started doing shows at Fenway, that there was like a there's like a billboard you can climb up on, you can see the whole park from it. And it was like they you used to climb up there and stand up there and watch it for free and you know shout out and yell out. And then each time there'll be cops doing something different each time, like you know they'll grease up the poles, but they'll only do the middle, so you climb on the outside or they wrap barbed wire, but yet only in the middle and. And not Dave's got that. And it seemed like the last time he did it, the cops were actually up there waiting for him when they ah, got up ah, there. Ah. And then they had to get away. And they, you know, they got away. Like, Of course, because Dave is that dude. 
Like, I can't say enough good things about Dave Tree, but Dave is, has that spirit where he's always thinking, like, two steps ahead of the cops, man. Yeah. He's like the fucking Aladdin of hardcore music. Oh, dude, he... Yeah. We'll have him on the show, and we'll let him tell, it, tell him his own story, but, man, he grew... He, he, he better know how to, how to handle the cops, because... He had a pretty rough time yeah, growing I mean, up. I guess he's from, what, Riverside or whatever it's called? From, Westwood? Yeah, yeah Westwood. Westwood. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he's always talking about he's how the cops like, used to live, harass him as being a skateboarder. I mean, yeah. and Dave's one of those guys, like, Dave doesn't take any shit. And actually, he takes a lot more shit than he ever used to, but he doesn't, he doesn't, um, he doesn't take it lying down, at the very least. Um, he fucking stands up for exactly what he believes in, and it's a quality yeah, as, that I can as, always respect as all, in him. As all people should. Like, you stand up for what you believe in, but the thing is, there's a difference between standing up for what you believe in, this is bringing it back full circle, but it's got to be, it's got to come from the right place. It, it can't be exclusionary. It can't be everybody drink apple juice, but only if you're white. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody... Everybody gets everybody gets a house and a mule, but only if you're, you know, from a certain creed. Well, for me, it's like, I think, if you're talking about Dave Tree, I think it's a certain personality type, where I think you would really have to go out of your way to make Dave Tree be a dick to you. Like, he is, like, such a, like, a calm, awesome dude. And, like, if you were really, if you approached him a certain way, I think if you were, like, Dave, blah, 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 fucking, your, your shit sucks, or whatever, like, I think you would really, really have to try to get Dave to be a dick to you, and, uh, but there's, there's buttons, there's always buttons you can push yeah. for a certain, for anyone, Yeah. if you find the right, like, uh, you know, there, there's people who, uh, who talk about themselves as a habitual line stepper, um, what? The f- what? You know, you, you stepped over the line. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a, you'd be a habitual line stepper. Well, there's another line. You stepped over that line. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things, like, certain people get off by when you get, being when you that get people, person. When you get people... Yeah, but when I get encountered people like that, it just goes to full-blown sarcasm mode. And... I'm actually... I'm fairly uh, susceptible to that shit. Like, if, if people are trying to push my buttons, I have a hard time not letting my buttons get pushed. I'm, I'm a really calm person. But I can I can react really badly if someone gets uh gets to the Well you and that... me both, but that's only because we've only got twenty six years of experience. That comes with experience and not letting your buttons be pushed. It's not like you're always gonna be a calm and collected person forever. You know? It's it's all about life experience. Hold on, give me a second, fucking tell Stimulate me. Alright, well, Speaking of button pushing, we had to fucking push the button on that shit because we were getting blown up. My father's phone is uh, always going off. I don't know why, but he must be on some list where fucking telemarketers always Are you always publicly going. listed? No, I don't think so. I don't really know because it's not mine. I don't even have... Why would he have a landline anymore? I don't know why the fuck he does. But uh, it's basically only a way for fucking telemarketers to harass you. Yeah. So, I had telem- I've had telemarketers body harass me before on my mobile phone and the point where someone stupidly submits your phone number into something of one of those online, oh, get an iPad for free. Oh, jeez. Sort of bullshit. Like, oh, I submitted, I submitted you for a free iPad, blah, blah, blah. Your social security here's your, here's now, number a, now belongs to the Russian mob type shit. Yeah, everyone's calling you. I've always had, I've tried to enter it a couple of times and... It just, they just hang up on you. It's like they you know, and then you get paranoid and think, oh, fuck, someone's watching me, who's watching me? I mean, this is a totally different tangent, but I had one time a person call the phone, and it was, uh, it was a robocall, but it was a computer system that was trying to tell me that it was a real person. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It was very strange. It was a very surreal experience, because I had, I obviously knew it wasn't, but I was like, she's like, Hi, this is Rachel. And I'm like, no, Rachel, you're a computer. And it goes, ha, 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 no, I'm a real person. And I'm like, no, you're not. And it was fucking weird, dude. Were I have you to stoned s- at that time? No, 
but it feels that way when you have a, like an obvious computer, like a recording, telling you that it's a real person. That's yeah. It's got that natural response, like uh, it, that's, that's, that's some weird fucking. It's some freaky, That's like Rachel series sister or something. Next <laughs> next level weird, trying to convince you that it's a person, and I like that because um that was always like the Turing test, which is the ability for like a a robot or artificial intelligence to uh, convince you that it's a person. Yeah. Like the Voidkampf test or whatever from uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Um. I'm totally always like thinking of that when it comes to shit because if it comes down to it, who knows, man? We all might all have to be Decker fucking figuring out who's a replicant. Yeah. Um. But hopefully not in our lifetime. I mean, probably not. But shit. That's <laughs> just know? scary. Like, you, you never know. know. All those Will Smith movies. Well, it's funny because we're, I mean we started the show talking about like Nazi uh, Nazism or people who are. You know, they're trying to determine, like, oh, these people aren't human. They're not, you know, they're something else. So where do you draw the line? Because really, really, it's like that one of the convictions that these people aren't human or people. I think, yeah. Well, I mean, don't they describe it? They're like mongrel races or some shit. They call like black people or Jews or whatever mongrel races. Like they're lower than uh, subhuman. Yeah, subhuman. Yeah. Um, Well, obviously they're fucking backwards, but it's. As long as your ass points to the ground and you shit and you breathe oxygen, I think, like, it just like, clarifies you. It's... Who are you, you fucking Nazi asshole who grew up in a fucking trailer park and your dad works in some fucking sheet metal factory to tell someone else that they're not a fucking human? Yeah. Like, honestly, we all come from the earth. We all got fucking shat out of a pussy. Who cares? I just, who I, cares? I, I just get the, I don't get the feeling, though, that people come from a place of hateful conviction to just... Deep down, they're just fucking scared that they don't they don't have a strong enough grip of the world, or they don't they don't, don't, have they a don't strong belong. Enough context, like maybe I'm not a human, so I have to vilify everyone else as not human. Like a lot of times, you see something in yourself. I've been there yeah, where you, you, that you see something in yourself. Not understanding, it's not getting a context, or not getting an idea across, or not understanding it. Like what? It it's so much harder. And you'll know as being human, and anybody else listening would know of being human, that it's so much harder to put your hand up and accept humility and say, yeah, I don't fucking understand what's going on here, rather than going, I don't like that, I don't like you, fuck you. It's so much easier to say, fuck you, you're you trying to fucking hands off my fucking Kool-Aid cunt. Like, it's so mm-hmm. much easier to say that than say, hey, hang on, what are you talking about? Yeah, maybe maybe I should talk to you about that. I mean, you you've already kind of inspired me to be a different way about myself because you're saying like, you know, it's so much easier to shit all over something, and so e- so much easier to knock something down than to build it up. Yeah, and, that, and I think, I've tried. I've been trying recently to do a little bit more of that because I know what I like and I know what I don't like. But again, there's a difference between knowing what you like and knowing if something's good. Yeah, like I can. I can see a ballet or something, and I might not like it, but you have to respect that it's good. Yeah. Whether, I mean, if it is good. But yeah. That, yeah. I think, I get what you're saying. Like, I think it's, it's the matter of pushing yourself. Like, to me, life's about pushing yourself outside of your boundaries. You know what your comfort zones comfort are. Comfort zone, why, yeah. why would you want to spend all your time in your comfort zone? It's boring, dude. It's, it's like, fucking boring. Fuck, expatriating another fucking country on the other side of the fucking world. I mean, like, it, it, you know, I might sound like a common collective fucking person, but you know, a better part of the time, I'm fucking, I'm terrified because, you know, I have a little bit of trouble with people actually understanding me while I'm here. The, the, most people do understand me, but like, I feel like even with my stand-up that like, I'm working, I'm working at towards something that I don't know where I'm going yet. Like I'm trying to trying to get an angle so that it, so that it can be accessible to anybody, but I just don't want it to be like a carrot top routine that I do every night for eight months of the year in Vegas sort of thing. I want it to be like each year I'll have something different to say. Again. I'll have a bit of growth, I'll have and I know I think I You I, know Carrot Top gets a lot of shit. 
But yeah, I've seen he, him be pretty fucking funny, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. say. I'm just using that as... No, I know, I know, I'm not saying... There's but a the, lot of people... He gets a lot, lot of shit. Yeah, because that's what the industry does. It's, that, but it's also... It's kind of hacky, obviously. you got to give him that. I mean, it's it's kind of hacky. But... But he's been, some, do that. he's been doing that for nearly, you know, what, 35 years? But it's not... I mean, he's not, you know, he's not Bill Hicks. He's fucking Carrot Top. Yeah. I mean... It's like Gallagher. I mean, if you went to a Gallagher show and he didn't smash the fucking watermelon with a hammer, like, what are you doing there? What's the fucking point of being exactly. there? Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's, there's like, there's hacky shit, but there's shit that just becomes a part of you because it's your brand. No, it's like I said yesterday, I love Kurt Russell films because you, know you know what to expect. You know what you're getting into, man. You know what you're going to get. And Similar, I mean, did you watch Death Proof? I but, have seen Death Proof. I haven't seen it for a while, though. Um... That was that was part of the the thing Grind that Rodriguez house. did and that yeah yeah Rodriguez did um with Tarantino they did the, the yeah they did um, Planet Terror and uh, Death Proof yeah and I mean obviously obviously Rodriguez fucking, still fucking, stole the show with uh with fucking Planet Terror yeah but yeah. uh Death Proof is fucking just nuts it's, it is nuts and it's great because it's it, I love it's that kind of the up. best and the worst of Tarantino in a movie. Uh, it just seems to me like he has this idea and he went out and he made it rather than doing it in draft after draft, rewrite, rewrite. Because Tarantino has proven that he can do that where he'll spend three years on a script. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, there are people who spend fucking 10 years, 20 years on a fucking script. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that if you have a singular vision and you know exactly how something's going to be executed or you have to evolve with the times. Yeah. Um, who was it? Was it, it was one, one movie that they did was, uh, Gravity, where, um, is it? I haven't watched it. I, I've watched it, and I, I didn't see it in 3D, which I guess is the, the way you have to see it or whatever, but, uh, the dude, well, um, is just, it, I can't remember what his stuff. name is, is it Alfonso Cuaron or whatever is the director? I'm, I'm not even sure. All the I the dude who directed it, I, I heard a story about how it took, like, they developed technology, he had to wait years for the technology to develop where they could All shoot that movie. All I got from the way that people presented Gravity was like, you know, basically Gravity is just one big movie that is basically saying space is fucking huge. Like, I actually thought, I got the almost the opposite of it for that. Yeah. I got, I think it's, it's more like, yeah, space is huge, but when you're one person dealing with just like you're running out of air it's like it's claustrophobically small yeah it, i think that's that's more i know, like, you, ha I know you haven't seen it but like no in, i have seen gravity uh, no i mean interstellar oh, i haven't think, seen think it would be the alternate my is my alternative to gravity like it's probably completely different spectrum but like you know i just attribute to the okay so like okay let's do this explain to me the plot of gravity what is what is the point of gravity i mean it's it's like I mean, I don't want to say it's a typical space movie, but it seems like there it's fucking what's her face and George Clooney, Sandra Bullock and George Clooney, and they're like on a space station, and shit goes wrong. Um, so shit goes wrong, and they're fucking. Spoiler alert: George Clooney dies pretty fucking early. Yeah. Um, so and it's Sandra, it's Sandra Bullock, Bullock and she's trying to fucking repair whatever module that they're they're on. So that she can make it back to Earth before her oxygen runs out. Yeah, okay. Um, and how it's more. She up there? How, come, how come she's running out of oxygen? I can't fucking remember. I think it's it's um some sort of like micro debris hits their. Uh, their also, space something station. goes wrong. And yeah, it's, a like every space supply. movie, it's like um, because <clears throat> because everything is so dependent on little like indicate like a uh, small pieces of machinery technology yeah and any little piece of debris hitting that thing can completely render it useless yeah um that's a bit scary of course and i think that's i mean that's my problem with flying on planes that's why i'm like yeah. you know if one fucking dude didn't like tighten the nut you know that one little bolt yeah. strong enough we could all die yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it, of course, it's not happening like that because, you know, if it was like that, every that, planes would be falling out of the sky. I always sort of get the feeling like that, you know, there's, everything is crucial in space, but then, like, I feel like if I was in that position, I'd go, who gives a fuck? I made it to outer space. Well, like, again, if I, I die now. Like, I, you know, I've done, I mean, I've done more than what very few humans do. 
Well, again, it's it's like fucking. You can bring it back to the fucking story, Icarus, if you want to go there. I mean, you fly too close to the sun. When you go into space, you take that well, risk of. This would be bad. Don't, what? Don't, don't go close to the sun. It's a bit well, bad. Well, yeah, it's a bad. Well, unless I you stay want... at the bus stop for twenty minutes and I get sunburned. Yeah, well, it's because you're a fucking pasty going motherfucker. A, going for a swim in the sun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have that problem with flying, but it's. I think. If you think about it, like, what was I it, Apollo 13? I'm a... They fucking repaired that ship, and they all got back. Yeah, I kind of remember the plot to Apollo 13. Yeah, fucking, uh... I need to go watch that again. That's a good flip, I was man. going to say, so it's gravity-based, the Apollo 13. No. Um, because it's shot in a completely different way, where, like, it's so... Yeah, but I mean, like, plot. Um... I mean, plot. It's... In the, in the most basic sense, kind of, yes, because it's... I'm fucked. What am I going to do to unfuckulate myself? Uh, but in a different sense, because it's shot so differently and it's almost for like a very first person perspective, you're in her head, you're you're like shot. It's like honestly like a lot of it's shot like it would be shot on a GoPro. Yeah. Where like you are you're seeing Sandra Bullock's perspective and her panic yeah. and like um I like that a lot because it's it's visceral. It puts you in a perspective that you wouldn't necessarily access. But again, I, I think if I, th- I don't, I don't think she dies at the end. But if she had, that would be a bigger twist. Like I always think that movies are afraid to take that, like kill off the main character. Instead, it's like oh, every, of course, of happily course. ever after or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like. But whatever. I mean, pfft, fuck it. There's. We're gonna fuck up space the same way we fucked up Earth, man. Why? Yeah, but can't we just hurry up and stop fucking Earth and just start fucking up space? It's, you know, let's have race relations with fucking aliens rather than amongst humans. At least, you, you know. You think it's gonna work better when we're dealing with an alien race we no, know nothing but I, about? No but, I, no, but I could understand us going, well, we don't understand you. You're a completely different species. I mean, you shit your elbows? How do you wipe them? Uh. Like, how do you. How do you shower? You don't have thumbs. Like, you know... We've uh, evolved far beyond the need to sh- fucking wipe our asses out you, of our elbows. You guys don't have any weights. Like, well, what is it? Like, you don't even have a crutch. It just goes straight from abdomen to legs. Hmm. You guys don't even walk. You you hover. Like, Has there been any, like, um, kind of recent, like, science fiction shit that's been, like, particularly prolific? Like... We, I think we've passed the point where, like, almost everything's been done in science no, fiction. We clearly need to watch Interstellar. You clearly is it need, is it that new of a concept? You clearly need to watch Interstellar. So it's that new of a concept that I would be blown away in a way that it's, like, a totally... Because I, I feel it, like... Dude, it's, I grew up it, reading, like, Asimov it, and Ray without, Bradbury without and giving, stuff. Without so without giving away, it, it challenges quantum physics... It challenges social concepts. It it challenges where we're meant to go as a human race. It challenges that idea. And it explores the idea of black holes and tra- and travelling... The, the, the concept of time travelling with black holes. Like Planet of the Apes did? Mm, better than Planet of the Apes did. Like Interstellar... Because uh, that's one of the best twist endings pretty, in history. It's pretty damn fundamental. I, like, as a pl- well, I'll watch this... it. I think it's fucking on like HBO Go or something at this point, so I'll check it out. Yeah, like should, you should watch it. Then we can go watch The Martian. You can go watch Matt Damon's new movie. Ooh, I'll watch that movie. I like but the... I want you to, watch, I want you to watch Interstellar first. Were you there first. when we saw the trailer for that? Because I yeah, love that you to watch, shit. I want you to watch Interstellar first. All right. Before we go on. Because I fucking... Uh, I love the idea, like, um, some of my favorite movies are weird Mars movies and shit, um... No, I always love those movies that aren't, like, you know, it's... It's well, like, I always love comedy that's a bit di- bit different, a bit abstract, as opposed to, I always love movies that aren't jeans and a t-shirt comedy, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, 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 they're exploring different ideas, different concepts of life, or what's different... What's your favorite, what, like, if you had to pick, like, a mainstream comedy movie to say it's, like, your favorite... Animal House. Animal House. See, I never got that into Animal House. I love Belushi, man, but it's just not my thing, really. I love... Oh, what's PCU? I know, you fucking hated PCU. Oh, that movie was... It was just Animal House about the drinks. 
I liked it. I liked PCU to a certain extent, but I think there's a certain level of like. But there's like that '90s, like early '90s PCU. It's like it's <coughs> it kind of. I think maybe it's a cultural thing because that time was well, so. The jokes are so. Bad. Oh, they're bad. They the are bad. I'm not. I'm not going to say they're good. The whole stoner thing and the, like, you know, the 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 hippies and it's like it's just like, oh my god, like. But that's what that's what the culture was in the nineties. So that's a '94 movie, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. I mean, and I it, couldn't. I couldn't name the year that they made PCU. Piven was really, you like you're a Piven fan, big yeah. Piven supporter. Yeah. I like, Do you gonna like you gonna it. see the Entourage movie? Uh, I might watch it when it comes out on release. There's no point in cinema. I yes. try. I've tried watching Entourage on HBO. I mean, I've he is he th- is I've the best thing about way, that I've show. I've got a third of a way through it, but it, it to me, it's got the same HBO problem than to what The Wire had. You get the your first two seasons are brilliant. And the, come the third one, it feels like it starts to repeat itself. Did you watch the entire wire? I didn't watch the. I got to the third season and went, oh, uh, well, this is repeating itself. See, you're wrong, dude. You are. Yeah, di- I, know. I don't want to get into this on the podcast because we shouldn't debate the wire. If you haven't even watched the rest of the wire, there's What's no. What's the first two? The first two are the, the projects and the port. And yeah. then the third one, I think, is uh, like the mayor's race in the political office. And then the fourth season is the school system. And the fifth season is uh, like the newspaper. And print journalism. Yeah, right. I'll give it a go. I've Dude, got, it's I've got HBO. Go so good. It. It's so good. I've started so many HBO series and I haven't gotten through them. Like, I started watching Sopranos. Oh, did you even get to the end of The Sopranos? Because uh, uh, I was crash watching, cream watching. Uh, I was trying to watch as many episodes in one go, sort of thing. Um, that's what I do. Maybe I should watch two or three and then go away for a week and come back and watch another two or three. Yeah, I mean... What do you think of the new True Detective? Have you seen any of it yet? I've been watching some of it. Um, it's 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 not nearly the same standard as the first one. It's, they're lacking so much in the writing. But well, and it's also like um, they're trying. It's, to, it's trying to have like the three acting, universes at once. The acting isn't on the same level because there's nothing that beats like. Um, I mean you. I mean you had Woody Harrelson, who's like an incredible comedic actor, but also like. Uh, like a really great dramatic actor, at least in that role. Same with McConaughey, to a lesser extent, in, in his comedy roles. But, um, dude, when you fucking see McConaughey, like, whatever, modern times, where he's just, like, smoking a cigarette, yeah, drinking his Russ, Lone yeah. Star he's beer. Russ, Russ Cole, dude. The best, some of the best acting I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, True Detective season one is definitely more of the like. I mean, that's going to go down. I mean, it, it goes, it's, it's it's up. It's his acting up there is up there with Brian Cranston as Walter White. Like that, that, you can hold that first season of True Detective up to the entire series of Breaking Bad. Uh, I reckon you can hold a torch. To it's it. it's incredible. It is. But I mean, the entire series of Breaking Bad is so well executed, and it so it is. It is. But I mean, to be able to convey a story from start to finish in eight hours, that's true. Is well, it wasn't really start to finish. I guess like you kind it of was. you, you can leave it where it was. But I think that there were so many more. I mean, in my oh, I watched Breaking Bad, and I, I I started watching it when it was entering its like. I don't know, fourth season or something, right? Um, you've seen all of it, yeah, so I don't have it, yeah. to worry about spoilers. Um, right after the, after the uh, season where they killed Gus. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, right. Eh? I, I had binge-watched, I was living in this apartment, and I was just like spending all my time watching Netflix and stuff. So I was watching what had already occurred on uh, Netflix, and I got to that point, and there are so many holy shit moments in yeah. that. And the thing is that I think True Detective is incredible, but there weren't as many holy shit moments that change your like idea of like where the show is going, who the characters are, what they're capable of, like personal yeah, transformations. Because, yeah, because it, it, it well, well, because, because it, it starts in the future. Everything already starts. It already happened. It yeah. was just a, it was just a retrospective thing. And I think that's what works. I think that's what works about the True Detective first season is that it was retrospective, so it could move at its own pace. Whereas the second season of True Detective, it isn't retrospective; it's in real time, and it gives us a complete like. It just feels like you're watching a drama. Like, it's just a, it just feels like you're good. watching Law and Order that has a that has a narrative that's carrying on over. 
I, I mean, and a, one thing that actually really bothers me is that, um, I mean, I like the cinematography in the second season, but yeah, it doesn't, it amazing. doesn't hold a candle to the first season. No, when I mean, you had you, 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 that one long um, take where they're running through the entire like that that drug den or whatever, that that's unbelievable. But to me, the, what really made the first season of uh, True Detective was the the this, those big crane shots of the swamps yeah, when their just, cars just going down this long straight road and the background no, of it like was the, really the establishing shots of Louisiana are amazing. Un fucking real, dude. It's yeah. nothing. I mean, you can't. I mean, and it's something that I think... Mud, the movie Mud did the same thing, which was always... Also, yeah, and that was also McConaughey. Uh, McConaughey, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've heard stuff. Well, I've watched it twice now. It's, it's quite good, isn't it? Like, it was around the same time when he was doing it. He was filming Interstellar, but it's... Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So, yeah, you've got those shots. I thought it was really weird that um, because it's an HBO show, you get some of the actors, the same actors from The Wire and stuff. Like they had the guy who plays Lester in The Wire. Yeah. He was in there one short scene in the first True Detective season. I was like, I, when I was watching it, you know, that episode, and it was like maybe live or something. Or I was watching on DVR. I was like, they're gonna, he's gonna play a big part because that's <sighs> such an incredible actor. And there's like no way they're just gonna use this, him in this one cam- scene. Just a cameo. Yeah. And it was like what equivoc- like what became what would be a cameo. And I was like, how are you going to use that guy for one scene? And I guess he's on Treme and stuff. I don't watch Treme, but... Yeah. What, the dude who plays Lester, I don't know the actor's name, but what a fucking actor. He's so good. Yeah. And the same guy, he's another guy from The Wire who's on Treme, which is um, the dude who plays Bunk on The Wire. And I, I've been re-watching The Wire. I've, I've watched it twice through so far, but like I, I'll catch the occasional episode now and again where he's like, this is some fucked up McNulty shit, isn't it? Yeah. And you're like... Fucking right on the head. Yeah. And oh yeah, what I was gonna say about um, True Detective, it, that the first season was that the um, it's similar to The Wire in the sense that that swamp area of um, Louisiana, that atmosphere plays as much of a role as like any of the actors yeah. do. Yeah. And it's the same thing with The Wire. Is the city of Baltimore is the one constant there, mm. and it ties everything together in a way where like. It's a realistic place. We have all these shots of real places in Baltimore where real things happen. And uh, the dude, the creator of the show, David Simon, was actually a Baltimore cop for however many years yeah. until he started writing TV or you know books. Yeah. And uh, so he has a really good perspective on it. Um, and yeah, then, well, that's probably that's probably something that I have trouble with. In it's really hard to establish the atmosphere of Vinci in. Well, is it, is it not not a real place? It's actually based on like it's it's that factory area actually based outside of LA. Like it's, it's I'm sure it, it is. It changed the, change the Vinci name. Vinci County of the, isn't a real fucking. No, 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 but, but it's similar. That, that, yeah, that it's, water tower and everything is actually a county just sure. outside of downtown LA. What's funny because um, like it's based it's it's on the west side of the river, so it's that whole bit. I don't know, I want to sound like an idiot saying, I'll show you on the map. I know, like, I've done research on what it's meant to be. Yeah. But it's, it's that bit between the LA River, and when you got one, you got the one side, and the other side's Compton and all that, and then the rest is downtown. Industrial. Yeah. It's um, an industrial area, that industrial strip between the See, middle. I don't know anything about, like, aside from playing GTA 5 or whatever. It was same. So, yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's like that's my entire point of reference for Los Angeles because I've yeah, never been I there. Think that, uh, yeah, but I, don't, I didn't know anything about Louisiana, but they did so well about establishing that that mood. You can yeah. pick up where it is. If you've lived in the country or lived in a rural area, you can sort of get what that feeling would be. Yeah, and I just... Oh man, like You can't say enough good things about that first season of True Detective. Like, you can... I mean, we could, we could do four podcasts on that shit because it's fucking un, unreal. How... Well, how everything is, like, you you don't know what's going on with McConaughey's character. He's obviously damaged and mentally ill and an alcoholic and a drug, you know, drug addict. But he's the smartest person yeah, in that. Yeah, he's I mean, he's yeah. the one with the, I mean, his, his like, perspective is constantly clouded by drugs, but he obviously sees the world clearer than anyone else on that show. Yeah. And that's, like, something that's so spectacular and like anytime you can do a character that well and feel Sometimes I feel like I'm Russ Cole. Fucking A, dude. Time is a flat circle. Yeah. Time is just a concept. 
built two enslavers. As I thought, I thought the end of that show was a little that the season was a little bit of a letdown as far as what it was. Oh, he definitely should have died. He definitely like it should have been. Russ Cole should have died. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know about that though, because how can you have the what exists when they're interviewing him later if he died? No, because when he dies, is post the interviews. I guess I don't. I don't really exactly it's po- know. It's post the interviews. I mean, it makes sense that that would be. So when does he clean up himself? Like, kind of, it's post the interviews. When do, when does that? No, happen? he doesn't clean up himself because he goes off the rails. He goes off. He has that fight with Marty, and he pisses off. Huh. And he pisses off, and he's not sane for seven years. Remember? And oh, then, and that's when you. That's when everything in, comes back in. Yeah, they start interviewing. Okay, what's that? I gotta rewatch that first season, man, because it's so good. It's so yeah. unbelievably good. Um, so we have gone from we've jumped all over the place. Yeah, this we're week. we're really um on we're kind of scatterbrained this week, but I mean yeah, obviously you can tell we didn't really prepare anything for this. We just said hey, let's talk to the microphone for an hour. And but you know what? There. Do you know what? I think a lot of it. If if you guys want us to prepare something a little more. Um, for us to do some research and yeah, some I mean work. let us know man let if you think know. we're too all over the place fucking please let us know if, if anyone is actually listening to this podcast because we don't fucking know that either um, well, we've had a couple of people contact and say some nice things and you know who you are do thank we, you very much so we know who they are cool I mean I'm I'm leaving Con in charge of the um, technological aspect of this so I'll probably take a look at those after this podcast is done if you have any input or anything that you think we should talk about or address, uh, please lend, uh, send it to dsywwpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com, obviously. Yeah. Uh, or fucking... And like a, hit like on SoundCloud if you're a SoundCloud, and please subscribe to us on Facebook. Uh, uh, not on Facebook, on what is it? Bloody iTunes. iTunes, yeah. you can yeah, subscribe. You can like uh, the, the DSYWW page. Yeah, and you know, if you, leave us a review and tell us what you think. Fuck it, one star is good enough for me, man. Yeah, one star. Men, it, <clears throat> me, it means you listen to it. Yeah, just let us know you're listening. Let us know what you think. We can tailor it. We, of course, a podcast is somewhat what people want it to be. The people who are recording, but also. If we're gonna have an audience, we want to know what you guys like and what you guys don't like. So, and also let us know your top fifteen hip hop albums of all time. If you guys have some some dope shit that you think Con should listen to, because Con is saying, you know, I don't know these albums, or if you have some, you know, your music that you think we should listen to. Also, I'd like to know what your top fifteen Joe Pesci quotes are. Oh, hey, Fe- hey, Pesci! Oh, fuck, I, I I'm gonna fucking fuck up that. Uh... Oh yeah, hey, Pesci, say Yugoslavia, <laughs> Yugoslavia. <laughs> That's <laughs> so good. Fucking family guy. Fucking kill go, him. Go listen to Blood Duster's song. I love it when Joe Pesci swears. Alright, that's it for another week. Peace out, guys. Yeah, I'm Sammy Noodles again. I'm Con Williams. Don't say you weren't warned. Oh, can I get a witness to the viciousness? I'm down because you know you love this. Oh, yeah. Oh, can you get a feel for this? Cause right now, we're gonna build this right here I'm alone for the rain, so sublime Never been one to run and hide, yeah Lock my door, the way I told me to rock this shore Can I get a witness to the viciousness On the ground with the very young children Slow me down with the cord Such a setup, what a rot that's the law Yeah Can I get a
This type of movement is our sword Yeah, basic arithmetic We live within this None will ever defeat this Yeah, I bet you see nothing like this Take me Get a little minute of your time